This week, we are joined by very special guests, Shake Steady, a terrific soul and funk band based out of Michigan. We have a great conversation where we talk about how the band came together, how having the benefits of a common musical ear brings a cohesiveness to the band. We also discuss the many different influences from a variety of different backgrounds that had an impact on the individual members, as well as the importance of keeping the dance floor going. Both Kip and I have seen Shake Steady multiple times over the years, and they are terrific. They're also playing live this coming Friday, November 19th at Sugar Run in downtown Kitchener. Doors open at 7 and tickets are 25 bucks at the door. Check out Shake Steady online at shakesteady.com or on YouTube at Shakesteady or on Instagram at Shakesteady Music. Enjoy the show. Okay, welcome to another episode of the Industry Podcast. I am your host, Kip Saunders. This is Dan Soretta. Hey, that's me, man. How's it going? Well, you know, another day in paradise. It's, uh, we the, the restrictions are lifted. We're just bombing people into the bars now. Yep. Yeah, it's good. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, it's always good to get business back on track. Yeah, well, we're getting there. Our guests tonight are going to have a, a, a big impact on that. We have a bit of a different show for you tonight. Usually we interview people who work explicitly in the service industry. One of these is one of the people in this band is actually service adjacent to like bottles and works they sell mead oh nice yeah yeah so maybe we can talk about that a little bit but aside from that it's we're going to be chatting with the shake steady band tonight who are will be performing november 19th so as you're listening this will be this coming friday at sugar run your favorite speakeasy in downtown kitchener what's the exact date for that that's november November 19th and what time are the doors open doors open at seven you want to get there early because we can only pack so many motherfuckers in and it's gonna be busy how much are tickets at the door it's 25 bucks which is a bargain because as i always say this is the greatest word of mouth band in the history of bands if you've seen them once you will tell everyone and Mm -hmm. you will always come and see them again so those who know know and if you don't know and you're listening to this you need to show up for this but uh, we're gonna be bringing them in real shortly so we want to bring them in right away so we'll just get the housekeeping out of the way if you like the show and you want to be on it and you work in the service industry you should dm us at the industry podcast on instagram or email us at info at the industry podcast dot club and we have links to that in the show notes and links in the, to the band as well that's right also you should probably subscribe to the podcast rate review us we like the five star kind mm-hmm. and check out our archives this is uh, episode number 85 so we got lots of shows for you to check out Available on all the major podcast platforms. Yeah, just listen to them all in a row. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Uh, Lots of witty banter. Going yeah, on those. exactly. Ooh, uh, <laughs> as always, a big shout out to Zach Hanna at Zach Hanna Design for the artwork that he does for the show. Zach, we miss you. Come out to the bars soon. Hopefully he'll make it out for this for the show. show. Yeah. For this Hopefully show. We'll see you then. So once again, I'm going to bring in the band right now. Shake Steady is the name of the band. It's November 19th at Sugar Run this Friday night. You guys do not want to miss it. I just want to welcome some good friends of mine, the members of Shake Steady. We've got Alec. We've got Sean. We've got Steve. We've got Shana. We've got Ryan with us tonight. How are you guys? Great to see you. Hey, what's up? Hey. Hey. Uh, good to be here. Thank you, Ryan. Well, you know, we're, uh, <laughs> we're COVID good. Yep. No complaints. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah thanks That's for, the best we could say. Yeah, thanks, thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah. This Thank is great. You. Thank you. 
So the last time I saw all of your lovely faces was at, well, actually, I was going to say in, in person, but the last time I saw it, you guys invited me to one of your Zoom band practices during the first That's lockdown, right. and that was pretty fun. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't a lot of music, but there was a lot of booze consumed. Uh, <laughs> there was a lot of talking music, though, so that was good. <laughs> um, but let's, so my relationship with you guys started, what, fuck, like, how many years ago now would you say? 1845. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I think I, six years. Yeah. Okay. 15 was the, was it 15 or 14? I think it was that, 15 was the first time we came up to Kitchener. Right. So these guys are from uh, Ann Arbor and Detroit or in that Michigan area. And basically, I, like a fanboy, uh, cold called them uh, to see if they would come down to play a show at uh, what was Starlight at the time. Uh, that, that club's unfortunately Starlight. closed. Yeah, old Starlight. We, oh. used to do, we used to do it back then. And then yeah. you guys came to play at my first bar, White Rabbit, and then you played the opening weekend at Sugar Run. You played New Year's Eve at Sugar Run. Uh, right. You also headlined the Blues Festival in Kitchener before. So, yeah. You guys, you guys got the connection now. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I read, I first read about these guys in a magazine I don't even know if exists anymore called Wax Poetics. But if you were, oh, that's still going. Yeah, is it still going? Like in yeah. print or just online? It's, I know it's online. I mean, mm. I don't know. Like, yeah, who do print? I think they yeah. still do. I think the they people. still do a print version. That's yeah, good. They're like a coffee table magazine. Fuck yeah, yeah. It's yeah, great, so. great photos and yeah. So anyway, a big deal for people who are like ner- into the nerd music scene of like hip hop, soul, funk, and jazz. The and these guys are one of the most amazing funk bands that I have seen live. So let's let's bring in everybody individually. I'll start with you, Sean, because your face is actually in the center of our screen right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of squares, Zoom yeah. squares. That's right, it's totally like that. Um, <laughs> so Sean's the lead singer of Shake Steady, what was formerly called Third Coast Kings. So let's just talk a little bit about like some of your early musical influences and 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 like maybe give us a, a, brief, a brief like rundown of, of how the band came to be originally. Well, the the band's influences or like my my influence. Okay, well let's start with how the band came to be, okay. and then we'll then we'll talk about you individually. The band came to be. Now the band predates. The band started before I joined. Um, oh shit! Who should I be talking I to first? Okay, so um, the band. Uh, you should talk to Steve Z. But yeah, I, I, I feel like say, I should be talking to James, but he's not here anymore. So. Yeah, and he, <laughs> James asked me to join before the band started, but I was working on an album at the time. Okay, and. Then a couple years pass, and they ask me to come by, and we start playing. I think, uh, let's see, Alec, uh, Alec, Ryan, and Andy were in the band at that, that, that time. We were playing at a bar in Ann Arbor, three sets a night, three, like, these three-hour marathon shows that are insane in my mind now. And then all of a sudden like a hair pulled out of butter we got invited to play at fuji rock in 2012 and in, in the mountains of japan 
it's all been milk and honey since then. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, well, Steve, let's let's talk to you about this then, because if you're like one of the if the OG OGs, like how do you what's your what's your story of how the band came together originally? So with uh, Third Coast, yeah, that uh, me and James had actually played in a few bands before that. I was playing bass with them, and then he got into contact with a bass player in Ann Arbor. He started jamming with him, and I came up playing guitar. Oh, really? This was around like 2007, 2008, something like that. And so they're they're actually the ones that started Third Coast because I I went off and did something else. I I, I can't even remember what it was anymore because <laughs> it wasn't as good. <laughs> but uh, and then after a while, um, there was kind of a falling out with uh, the bass player after third coast had really gotten going and then james invited me back into the fold and that was around 2010 or 2011. Okay. it was around that same time that sean sean came on full-time okay. with the band and so we should relate this out as we're just for listeners who aren't familiar with the band so i'm just i'm just going to run through it steve plays bass ryan and alec play horns shane is the drummer sean's the lead singer Andy's not with us right now, but he's plays lead guitar. I'm rolling through the names. People know what the fuck they do in the band. But <laughs> that's right. We're we're talking like um, the people who are listening have been on these conversations I know. forever. Yeah. And, yeah. But I feel like I just roll into these conversations with you guys now. So that's the problem. Yeah. Hey, buddy. The, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so we'll go with you, Alec. Now, so when you you come into the band and start playing sax, and and you were my first contact actually when I did the cold yeah. call, the sort of email, you were the guy who got back to me. So were you yeah. re- originally responsible for all the bookings, or no? Um, mostly, I think uh, James and Steve were doing bookings, but I would I would fill in. You know, I would do things here or there, or you know, pick up the slack and stuff like that. You were just in charge of Canada. Email. Canada detail. I had pre pre decided. I want yeah. I want Canada. No, yeah. uh, <laughs> we were in Chicago, and we had just done this shitty gig and gotten zero money. Mm. Then we got like negative money, but they were like, "It's cool. It will just give you nothing." And then we were <laughs> we had another night, and we were like reading your email. And we were like, oh, it's far away and all of this stuff. And I like whatever map quested it or whatever. And it was the same distance as as Chicago was. Oh, so right. We like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like whatever. So yeah. they were little, like, well, fuck Little so did in, you know there would be a night where you would all have to sleep in my fucking house where there was <laughs> seven of you plus me and my girlfriend at the time and two beds. <laughs> <laughs> Rock stone was still much nicer than the uh, yeah. <laughs> the first hotel we picked. When yeah. came. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Ryan, when did you come into the loop here? Uh, I was there pretty early, actually. Um, I when the band like kind of first started, it was more like kind of a jam thing, and they weren't really playing shows or anything. But I was there for the first gig, and yeah, that was like you know twice a week basement rehearsals. Uh, just trying to learn tons and tons of covers as fast as we could and everything. I'd say then we started to kind of decide on a more focused route. Like we wanted to kind of have that gritty, aggressive, like kind of confident party, party vibe on stage and not just try to pick popular songs people like, but we wanted to kind of have our, our take on what we like playing and how we like kind of a night to go. Like, cause we kind of judge 
like I felt like we judged success by like how full the dance floor was, not like how big the room was or you know how big the spotlight was. It was like how are the people reacting, right? You know, and that's one thing I feel like we love about Canada. Like, you know, we've met so many people out there that are like, you know, we're fans, like you said, word of mouth stuff. Yeah. And then they're at every show and now they're our friends and like, you know, they're, you know, whatever commenting on Facebook photos and, you know, whatever first name basis and, you know, big hugs when you see them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Canadians, we fucking wild out on the dance floor because we don't get quality bands like this all the time. So <laughs> like the local music scene isn't quite the same in like a Kissinger Waterloo as it is like in Ann Arbor. And I do want to talk about that, but let's get to Shana for a second. Hi. Hi. Good to see you again. <laughs> so let's talk about uh, we don't need to get into the whole reason why there was a change in drummer uh, at some point you guys needed a new drummer let's just go that way and that's that also led to the name change how did you get sucked into the vortex of shake steady <laughs> well i was in a- <laughs> <laughs> Keep i was in a band a few years ago and steve reached out to me and asked if we could open for the third coast kings at magic bag after that we kept in touch about four years later andy reached out to me the guitar mm-hmm. asked me to come out to audition i rehearsed with you guys what two three times before it was a done deal and they still liked me. <laughs> they still like you. She's still there. <laughs> yeah. It's been an amazing ride so far. I learned so much from these gentlemen. I love them. Yeah. She's being very kind right now. Well, like if how- the podcast was two hours, she, we'd all be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk a little bit about how like you guys come together as a band because the one thing that's very and whoever wants to take this can take this, but like the one thing that's very evident as like someone who's a fan of coming to see you play and a fan of your music and a fan of you as people, obviously, but like the chemistry is just like lights up like there's there's no way to deny the chemistry that you guys have as a band and like it's a constant unbelievable groove and like like just on the one all the time like 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 how does that come together as for you guys as a band (laughs) (laughs) a little little bit of magic and a whole lot of luck (laughs) and and a lot of practice hey you know you can't can't fake the funk when it comes down to it right yeah go ahead shana we all kind of have the same ear you yeah. know, you know, it kind of to me it helps to you know vibe on the same sound. Yeah. yeah, so that's something I, I'm interested in talking about as well. Let's let's roll through this, and I just want to talk to you like each individually. Ryan, you actually have the catbird seat on our screen right now, so we'll start with you. What were some of your early musical influences, and how do you take them into the music you make now? Well, I guess like as far as I like all kinds of stuff from like you know the crazy weird you know avant-garde noise music that everybody hates to like pop music but what i try to be influenced by with the band is kind of music that kind of makes me have to move when i hear it you know like i was listening to a lot of like cashmere stage band oh nice it's stuff like that that was like you know like not like the most technically clean cleanly recorded or even cleanly performed but just had that kind of raw full power energy that like i feel like that's where we kind of thrive sometimes is like bouncing off each other where we all get a chance to just 
scream, you know, on stage, but still have space for each other and all this and then have that kind of team ear to give each other the space to kind of like go full power without it just being that noise, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Alec, you're up next. (laughs) You know, it's like a lot of stuff that my dad listened to. So like Glenn Williams. funny. What's that? (laughs) Glenn Williams. Like, (laughs) yeah, right. No, I don't know. I mean, the first, he like made me a, whatever, a mixtape for my sixth birthday. And it was Run DMC, King of Rock. What? Go ahead, Ronald. I'm going to clap you. That's amazing. He had bought the albums, but then just taped them himself. Yeah. (laughs) We had the albums, too. And then then he just, like, made a a mixtape on the other side. So it was pretty pretty sweet. And, uh, but then it was, like, Midnight Oil for a while. Oh, fuck. (laughs) I used to love Midnight Oil. (laughs) And, uh... Like a lot of they might be giants. Oh wow! Uh, wow, yeah, that's like when I was really a kid. But that's but, all. Uh, that's all a lot of horn-based music too. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I guess uh, there was a lot of you know kind of soul influence from the beginning. Not necessarily in that stuff, but um, once I started getting interested in playing music, the music I was interested in was kind of soul. It was funny because first getting into Third Coast Kings. I just, I get like really like focused on what's right ahead and I don't really pay attention. And I was in the band for like a year before I realized like, whoa, this is the band I've always wanted to be in. <laughs> like I was just trying to, I was, you know, probably focusing on, oh, I don't want to make this drive. I don't want to pack all these horns up in this winter, you know, or whatever. Yeah. I'm focused on dumb shit. And then I'm like, holy shit, this is, wait, this was my dream. <laughs> well as long as you recognize it eventually eventually yeah <laughs> all right steve let's talk about your you and your influence as well because um, anyone who's seen this band also knows like the uh, unbelievable bass that goes on in this band is crazy the rhythm section drives it so much so talk about some of your influences in fact, I think that I harassed you at the bar for about 45 minutes one night after a show, just making you tell me everybody you liked. So. <laughs> all right, you can harass me all you want. Yeah. <laughs> I started off getting into um, hip hop early on uh, when I was growing up. And eventually that folded over into like, OK, they're getting this, They're not making this music themselves. They're getting this from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So I just started digging into, you know, whoever I was listening to at the time, like, okay, where'd this come from? Where'd this come from? And I'd listen to, uh, oh, what was it? Uh, WJLB in Detroit. Ah. They would always have like this uh, old school, you know, hour or whatever on like Sunday afternoons or something. And I'd listen to that and I'd tape it on my radio. You know, this is back in the day, you know, when you could still tape off the radio or whatever. Mm -hmm. They'd be playing all the old joints, you know, from like the 70s and the 80s and stuff. And I'd be like, oh, that's where they got this and that's where they got that and whatever. So I I got into funk and soul from that. And then I, I was a guitar guy at first. And I played guitar for a few years and then I got kind of bored with that. And then I just kind of realized after a while that the thing that I love the most is the groove. And it was, it was that those bass lines that really like, they just tie everything together, you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, that 
once I realized that, like that, like helped push me into, you know, not only being in third coast, but it also pushed me into writing a lot more music too, because I I had written a lot of stuff on guitar or whatever, but it just wasn't the same. Like, but once I started writing on bass, I I I really felt like I I'd found my my thing. Well, that's interesting because I think most people probably write on piano or guitar generally when you're talking about music, right? But yeah. when you're talking about funk specifically, there was there was sort of like um, sort of as as funk became a thing through James Brown and then through the years, I always say it like goes from like James Brown to like Parliament to like Rick James to Prince. Like there's like a, you know like there's a don't forget Sly. Don't forget Sly. Of course Sly. Of course Sly. Uh, but like they brought the bass forward into like to more of like a feature instrument as opposed to something like even in jazz where it was just there to sort of drive the the melody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So once you get that foundation down, I mean, you can lay pretty much anything over top of it. Yeah. But it, but it also became more of like a sort of, you know, like a, a feature in, in the music as opposed to like you, you get bass solos, yeah. you're laying out behind it. It's not just driving the same notes over and over again like it isn't say like procol harem <laughs> <laughs> all right Shana, you're up next let's talk about since you're the other end of the rhythm section here let's talk about yeah and you're also one of my favorite people to trade music with after we've had a couple drinks late at night so <laughs> talk to me about how you uh, like some of your influences and who influences your drumming style well my father's a drummer Mm. Uh, he was in a funk band back in the 70s, the Countdowns, and my mother was a singer in his band. That's how they met. Oh, no shit. Yeah, that's crazy. All in the house. Yeah. Bless her soul. Lost her a few years back, but I'm fine. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, music was always in the house. So I wasn't always a drummer, though. I always wanted to be a dancer. Oh. So, hey, yeah. It was always moving, you know, limbs going uh, different directions, whatever. You know, so I guess it would come natural when I did play uh, once for my church choir because the drummer didn't show up. My dad was trying to teach him and he couldn't get it. I stood in that day, but it didn't go anywhere because, you know, wanted to be a dancer. So, of course, Michael Prince. Yeah. uh, those are heavily in my rotation. But um, I played snare for one year in junior high. And that was really because I didn't want to go to, uh, I didn't want to take gym. So mm-hmm. uh, it came back to me in my 30s. It came very late, very late boomer over here. So uh, yeah, the sounds that really moved it was hit. Steely Dan, because they're... Oh, I fucking drummer. love Steely Dan. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Bernard Purdy. And yeah. so when I started playing, people told me to listen to him. Mm-hmm. And I found that he played on a lot of albums and a lot of people that I've listened to from, you know, James Brown to Curtis, Aretha Franklin, the Beatles. You know, he played on so many things. And so that would be the goal for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. that was you know, the like, ultimate studio drummer too, right? Like, and so right, like, he's, right, like right. Played so many different styles of music. Plus that, like, he had a couple solo records. I used to, uh, that Pretty Purdy record. Uh, yeah, um, that, uh, oh my God, so good. Yeah, so yeah, good. yeah. yeah. Steve Ricaro, uh, Toto's. Yeah, um, uh, it's it's of course Sheila. Not gonna leave her out. Sandy Black, Lou Santana. You know, it's a lot of influence there. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, my style is all over the place. I can't say that I have one favorite genre. No, um, no, of course, yeah. But, and that seems to be a common thread in the band. All you guys, and I've talked to you all individually about this before as well, but like m- many different influences from many different backgrounds. And Sean, I know you feel that way as well because we've talked about this. So talk to us a little bit about some of the the singers or, or the music that influenced you the most. Yeah, I, I actually started out as a guitar player. I started playing guitar when I was seven years old. Oh, and um, yeah, it was the early Muddy Waters, Muddy Waters on guitar as well. But like uh, Bo Diddley, Chuck Berry, the Stones and the, the all the British thing. But my older, uh, the radio station I grew up in, in Columbus, Ohio, WVKO, <laughs> they would do a live simulcast from the roller skating rink on the weekend. And it was great because like they kid, like they would have a port where people could come up to the mic. And so you could almost hear like the like the people skating in the background a little bit. It was just like, um, hi, my name's Bobby. I want to say everybody to the, like hi to everybody in the Milwaukee family and my friend Jojo and Makege and like everybody who's listening. And you just get this feeling for everybody who's in town. And it's, I just love the show. On that, you would get like basically the top forty of. R&B and funk at the time, Confunction, LTD, like uh, early Prince, Cameo, Gap Band, Gap Band. This is my the Sugar Run playlist right now. <laughs> <laughs> my first album was Gap Band 3. Oh, man, so good. <laughs> but yeah, as a as a guitar player and singer, like I really, you know, Jimi Hendrix and Muddy Waters and John Lee Hooker on guitar, but also on The Voice, Aretha Franklin, Ray Charles, yeah, maybe even a little bit of Dr. John, Fela Cootie, absolutely, uh, yeah, James Brown, absolutely, Sly, yeah, yeah, well, you yeah. know, like everybody on Mishmash, but uh-huh. also Jeff Buckley, Nusrat Fateh Ali Khan, Led Zeppelin, Led yeah. Zeppelin, yeah. Um, oh, and- uh, I think it's really interesting. Like all you guys are sort of saying the same thing, and we've all had lots of conversations about this. Like all, like you, it's cool to have like this wide disparate like influence on you, and kind of and have it kind of it kind of does come out in your music because you can definitely like there's there's some of the like sort of hard beats of like a Led Zeppelin in the music, and there's also like the laying out of like a fella cootie in the music and uh but then of course it all comes back to like the james brown sort of sound in it right well we're almost like the lean more on the parliament side of parliament funkadelic but we have some of that funkadelic too mm-hmm. yeah but it's it you're, you're right we're the way our songs are i don't know we're we aren't like your most other funk bands doing like what they would call funk today because i think a lot of funk bands are going to take a straight up james brown approach yeah like, or they're going to take a straight up like we're going to go this direction 
Right. Like, cause I, uh, cause I think about like a band that I love, by the way, like Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings. Mm-hmm. That's a very straightforward funk powered influence band. And that's what they're trying to do. Right. But you guys come across what you're doing a little bit. There's a little bit more jazz in it. There's a little, there's a little pop in it in a way. Like, mm-hmm. um, like, especially, especially with the horn. Uh, arrangements like so how does this all come together who writes the songs do you guys collaborate how do you how do you figure everything out from the mind of the barker (laughs) (laughs) all right Um, well steve tell us about it how does it work (laughs) um a lot you know (laughs) funny enough uh for my day job I am a uh, UPS driver, Mm -hmm. and i've been doing that job for a really long time so when um a lot of times throughout the day like i don't really have to think about what i'm doing necessarily it's kind of like it's just kind of like automatic or whatever yeah yeah so that leaves my mind open for other things right (laughs) i've actually written most of most of the stuff for the band like while i've been at work (laughs) yeah yeah. like like, you know i'll just i'll sing something into my phone or whatever and i'll be like oh yeah that's yeah i gotta you know i gotta i'm gonna turn that into something or you know just just little things like that you know i'll come up with little melodies i'll come up with little bass lines like i do in this band and shake steady i do play keys as well right so I'm doing like, you know, key bass, you know, left-handed bass and, you know, rhythm stuff on top. I quite like that. But, <laughs> but yeah, so that that helped um, like play practicing keys and stuff like that. That helped uh, with a lot with a lot of the writing of uh, the original stuff that uh, we do in this band now. And the other thing that like everybody who's ever seen you live and like, again, like I love your records, but live is just like a different experience. Like you're definitely uh, and I, I don't I mean this in the like as a compliment. So I hope you don't take it any other way is like you're a fucking live band. Like, you know what I mean? Like seeing you guys live is the experience. So how do you put like how did you come together to like put together the actual show? Like. Because I'm sure a lot of it's just practice or whatever, but there is a very definitive show. A lot of it has to do with like all of you have like movement on stage. Of course, Sean clearly up front with it, but you can see it in Shana and Steve and the horn section as well. And Ryan and like and and also Andy, like how how is this just all of you sort of flowing individually or is it something you came up with in practice or that's uh, uh that's over time. I think that's mm-hmm. we've like yeah. um, little movements during a show in the middle of a show when everybody drunk ain't nobody even remember the words or the chords and you're looking <laughs> at each other and it's like oh do that again. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, one thing we do is is we practice a lot and we yeah. play together a lot. And even rehearsals, there'll be downtime. Somebody will go whatever do a phone call or go to the bathroom and somebody will start jamming or play some weird pop tune. And then we all just start, well, all right, wait, he's playing. Now I have to play too. And then we're like exploring and we're like bouncing stuff off each other. And we have like this sort of freedom with these sort of invisible rules we kind of feel. And we have that in the show too, on stage and and live. So I feel like that's kind of part of what you're seeing is like some of that stuff that might seem coordinated is us just being like, oh, I, I, he's building up to this. We should hit him with this. Mm. remember you know remember when he did that thing and we did this and then oh you know we're going to take him to this place (laughs) 
that's a lot of going on. But like, the, there's also this fun bit where everything's new. Like we were playing in Flint and I love Flint. We love you. We love you, Flint. But the <laughs> stage we were on was basically gum, um, old <laughs> floorboards and <laughs> rafters, pallets. And some duct tape pallets. Yeah. And some duct well, wait till you see what I've done with sugar on it. It's very similar. But we're playing and um, in a song that we played a gajillion times, all of a sudden Shana starts doing a little ghost note on the snare. I'm like, oh, like, and um, I hear a different, I hear, I hear a beat that I like, and it makes me move a little bit different. I'll sing a lyric a little different. It, the structure is like, we, we practice so much so we know where the scaffolding is. Mm-hmm. And then like, we can move the muscles of the body once we get that. Is that a good analogy? I don't know. I think he mixed a couple, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it got a Like crop. my wine and bourbon. <laughs> 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 but no, I got totally what you're saying. I like and I like that notion of like you've kind of already built the structure, and then once you're through reps, right? Like just practice, 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 reps, 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 and then once you're out there, you you create like that base is already there. So then that allows your creativity to kind of go where it goes. Right. And, and other musicians will know this and um, or restaurateurs and bartenders. You'll know this. I, th- I thank you for Live. bringing it back to the industry. <laughs> <laughs> Live is so much more like you can practice. But when the bullets are live, so to speak, mm-hmm. like you'll you get so much more. Um, yeah. And I did want to mention something about the industry that maybe maybe isn't in our bio or whatever. I was a bouncer. I was a bartender and I was a DJ. At a bar, so like I've, oh, yeah, yeah I've, it, it I've ties been in. closed it ties at in. four a.m. and <laughs> like opened up, but yeah, 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 thrown people out, and yeah, the whole thing, bad customer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and actually, now that we're just talking about this, isn't this side, Shana? Let's talk about the Mead Company. Let's yeah. talk about what you do there because it's dope. It's like she uh, she has brought us some across the border before. It's and it's cool what you're doing. <coughs> meat, is, meat is the new thing. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, shipped it across the border legally. Shipped, yeah, like she rolled it. some in a can. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, by the board. Yeah, 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 yeah. I work at B Nectar. They right. are a meadery in Ferndale. Um, I'm a shipping and receiving clerk in the warehouse. Mm-hmm. You know, to be a tap room. Wench, whatever I don't know. But now, <laughs> now I'm doing that. And now their latest release was episode 13. That is a still mead. Uh, it's pretty good, pretty strong. I think the ABV is 10. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. But uh, they've been releasing a lot of still meads lately. Well, if it's 14, if I start drinking, I'm not going to be able to quote it anyway. So. <laughs> 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 no problem there, uh, but yeah, that uh, that is a little small tie into the industry between Sean and Shane. Anybody else got any industry experience? Well, while we try and keep it on topic on the industry podcast for a second, instead of just I was a, a line cook at the out Outback. <laughs> Were you really at the Outback Steakhouse? Oh yeah. fuck! How long did that last? It was a couple of years. I oh made shit! Blooming onions. Blooming onions. <laughs> I made the grill, but I was no good at it. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I I had a small um, a stint as a line cook at Wendy's that lasted uh, four hours. 
Uh, yeah, I still put it on my resume though. <laughs> steak escape. Steak yeah. escape. Steak escape. Made, yeah, we made uh, cheese steak hoagies and like the uh, blanched, like the fries that are like uh, what they call the blanched fries. Like they take a big potato, it's raw, it's clean, and you just like you slice it and you put oh, yeah, it in yeah. the fryer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff, or, but yeah, <laughs> I've got burns. I got my burns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after uh, I uh, graduated uh, from high school, I worked at a uh, pizza place for about a year, and I was I was also a server at a restaurant. Oh yeah, yeah. nice. I, I, wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't very good at it, but uh, hey, buddy, I'm I've never been good at it, and I'm I, I've been doing it for thirty years. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but that's <laughs> that's so much about like bartending is uh, being able to listen. Mm. And um, also, like, being able to see people, like, um, not be BS'd and read people well, mm. at least for the future of your bar. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was, like, being a bartender is kind of uh, fun in that you're, you, f- you almost feel responsible for, like, your night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you feel you're responsible for your night, but also the night of everybody else in the fucking. That, room. That's what Just, I mean. Yes. But yeah, but but it's also that's very similar to I think being in a band, right? Like you guys want to make sure you're having like an experience together as a band that's like elevated every time you go out and do that. But the best way for that to happen is that if everybody else in the room is having an amazing time, also. Well, see, the the thing about that is um, that like. <laughs> It's kind of weird because um, you can have like a packed room and then not have anybody respond to you, you know, mm-hmm. no matter what you're doing. So I, I I just try to look at it like every time I get up there, like I just want to have a good fucking time mm-hmm. for myself. Right. Whether or not the audience, you know, like I, I just feel like if we can show that we're enjoying ourselves and we're putting on the best show that we can then the audience should come along. And if they right. don't follow along, then, you know, that's their fault. <laughs> well, I've seen you guys, I've seen you guys a lot of times now and I feel like that's happened very rarely, but I obviously haven't yeah. been to all of your shows, but I can't even no. fucking imagine. Like I said, most amazing band, but uh, live band, but I, since we you brought it up earlier, Steve, and you were talking about Sly Stone, and you're the guy who writes the music. How much of your music were, did you live in a tra- uh, like a trailer outside of your mansion for like an entire year, just snorting cocaine and <laughs> and, re- and recording a single record with strange buddies coming by who you don't even remember who played on which track? <laughs> Oh Mommy, man, I haven't made that record yet. Well, Sly Stone sure did, and it's a fucking masterpiece. Okay. It's called There's a Riot Going On. Oh my God. Okay. I got my OG copy on vinyl. That's oh, awesome. I, I had to sell mine to open Sugar on, and it fucking sucked. But oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's a small tragedy of me selling a large number of my record collection to get Sugar Run open. So all those listening, ah, come in. Yeah, come see fucking Shake Steady and Sugar Run and help me buy those records back. <laughs> Yo, that's like, hey, like for real. No, that's uh, like that type of commitment is exactly what we're talking about mm-hmm. when it comes to service and being in a like on the band side. Like because we have people in our band 
who have done service jobs or are service people, teachers, mm. like even see, like if you've been there, you understand. And like having been like a bartender and like a bouncer and all that stuff, when we're on stage, we understand that relationship between like you look at the side and the people are hopefully really, really fucking busy. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And then we kind of, hopefully there's a little, maybe a little softer rhythm or something where people can like cool off from the, go go to the bathroom, cool off, get another drink, get some water, come back to the dance floor. And we try to tailor our, not, not finely tailor, but like, yeah, we, we try to respond to how the crowd is. If everybody mm-hmm. is dancing when we're supposed to be doing our slow song, we're going to be keeping that groove going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's so what's a, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I, no, 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 I was, I was, you're, you're trailing off. I was just blah blah blah. I'm done with that topic. We can talk about something else. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what's going forward for Shake Steady. What new music can people be looking forward to, and where can they find it? Anyone, uh, uh, <laughs> you can find it November 19th. Yeah. <laughs> Sugar yeah. Run. Yeah. All right. Okay. That's what I like to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, we uh, we've only done uh, one studio session so far, and uh, yeah, we we finished about five tracks from that. Um, and it's you know, I mean, it's been a crazy fucking time for everybody. <laughs> like, but, I mean, for most of the last yep. year, we weren't even we we didn't get together. That's right. So yeah, and so that We're, had a major effect we, on you guys for sure. Yeah, right? So like, yeah. right. We do have five more, like almost ready to go yeah but yeah, yeah, we're not yeah. we haven't scheduled the session yet you know but, we're not uh, at that point but it's good, it's good oh. that you guys are still doing it and like okay so like what uh, let's talk about the catalog then like where can people find that where can people catch up before the show next week we have a single called best things streaming on uh spotify Bandcamp, yep. all of those streaming sites much. Mm-hmm. we have a video on youtube as well youtube you yeah, find all our videos video first song called five that's what awesome. Well, um, <laughs> our, our business there as well. We, like basically the songs, the studio, the songs that we made videos to are on our YouTube. Okay. Sam, and like what, how do people, we'll put it in the show. Yeah, notes, I'll put but, a link in the show notes. But uh, like, how do people locate your YouTube? What's Shake the steady music? Shake steady. Yep. So yeah, just, just search Shake, Shake steady. steady music. Yeah, Shake steady steady. music. Yeah. Okay. Well, Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. How are you? IG, go ahead. They can follow us on Instagram, Shake Steady Music, Facebook, Shake Steady. Twitter is Shake Steady as well. Yeah, Yeah, we're all over the place. All over the place. And most importantly, about to be in my place, this Friday night, November 19th, Shake Steady. That's the best spot to see what the fuck Shake Steady is laying down. So everybody, please come support this amazing band. You will not be disappointed. It doesn't hurt that you get to support me, your favorite podcast host. So <laughs> Yeah, come feel what we're talking about. Like, yeah. Yeah, we play some music, but that's not, that's not, you're, get, you're getting more of a meal than that. It's a it's a church revival session, my friends. Come out and see this band. You will oh, not be disappointed. Uh, thanks so much, guys, for being with us. I can't wait to see you guys in person. It's been so long. Can't wait to see you, too. Yeah. 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 Thank you, Dan. If we can get past yeah. this border, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, all, this is all a very whimsical idea on this border pass, so let's all hope it works out. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Hey, my lord, make me a bird and I can fly far, far away from you. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, guys. Love you all. And Thank thanks you. for doing the show. Thanks very yeah. much. Love you, too. Thanks, guys. Yeah.